And good morning. Time now for our special community profile program this Tuesday, the 21st of April. Our program on the coronavirus and its local effects and questions you might have for Jeff Cash, City Manager of Cherryville, Fire Chief and member of the Gaston County Emergency Management uh, team, and also Dr. Thomas White from Cherryville. Good morning, guys. Good to have you back with us. Good morning. Good morning. I tell you, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing you guys are doing to come down here and talk to the folks and have questions, uh, inform the citizens of any changes in the past week. I and mean, we know the, uh, the news with the coronavirus is, is, is a constantly uh, uh, evolving story. Uh, we learn new something new or we find out something that we thought in the past that turns out maybe was not good information i heard something this morning maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit but uh, i know you guys you like to start off with an update first of all and jeff i think you have a follow-up to a question we had last week yes i do a young lady called asking about uh the cares uh stimulus relief i don't know if that's a good word but we talked about those who filed income tax returns for this year or last year would be receiving those uh cash amounts from the federal government, but the young lady asked about Social Security recipients. And I did do some research and found out that if they receive a Social Security payment from the government, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, those individuals, that they will also receive a uh, compensatory amount from the federal government as well, depending on the number in the household and income and other things. But the answer to her question was yes. Recipients of Social Security will be entitled to the Stimulus Cares Act dollars as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good. Appreciate you following up on that question, and I'm sure that lady's probably listening in here today. What else, uh, Jeff, and from your area of expertise is has uh, been going on this past week. Now, I'm just going to give you an update on the numbers like I have the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, there's about 2.4 million cases of the virus. Uh, there's been 170,000 and a few more numbers deaths in the, uh, on the globe. And um, there have been 651,000 recoveries mm-hmm. from those people who tested positive for the virus. In the United States alone, we've had right at 800,000 cases to date, and these were numbers as of last night at 8 o'clock, with 42,897 deaths in the United States. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are moving target depending on testing, but recoveries are at 73,573. But again, that's a moving target because some people go in thinking they have the virus, but once they're tested, it's flu symptoms or something other related. North Carolina, and it has climbed a little bit lately, 6,764 cases and 179 deaths so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Gaston County, our own county, 118 cases. The deaths are, in some areas, stated as three, but I noticed the paper this morning had a little bit higher number. And... Um, those cases reversed or recovered is at 98 of that 118 and again some of that is due to positive or negative testing so that's kind of an update on the numbers where we are in the country and those numbers were of eight o'clock last night and depending on which website you look at the cdc or the corona website with the federal uh Homeland Security Department or the Health and Human Services at state level, the numbers may be off a handful, but not much. Okay. Now, during uh, each week, uh, does the city of Cherville have meetings where you meet with the Gaston Emergency Management? What's your schedule like on that? We're on conference calls almost daily, Milton, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, Gaston County Emergency Management, uh, Tracy Fieldback, Kevin Gordon, and our county managers doing a great job. Uh, in managing the situation locally and we're on conference calls with the governor and we're on conference calls I stated with FEMA and North Carolina Emergency Management so we're inundated with information on a daily basis and we try to meet locally we talk about it daily among staff but we try to meet at least weekly or every 10 days Mm -hmm. about Cherville's situation. Are you following a protocol that was set in advance or is this something that like the disease itself something that's evolving as it goes? 
we had some experience with some other uh, situations, Ebola, we had some training and some equipment, and this kind of is in the same area. A disaster is a disaster is a disaster. However, this one's a little unique that Dr. White alluded to last week, mm -hmm. that it is so highly contagious that it's evolving. Our PPE is evolving. The type of calls and number of calls we're going on is evolving. But a lot of things we put in place prior to actually the orders from the governor or from the president, uh, just because being in the emergency service business for 40 years, we're going to do our very best. And it's a high priority, not only to protect the citizens, but protect our employees and our staff as well. These firefighters have families and police officers have families to go home to every evening. Yeah. I was going to say, as as city manager and fire with the fire department, chief of the fire department, uh, there's some things that have to go on, not necessarily related to the coronavirus. Are, are, are things continuing? Uh, some of the uh, things that you normally did as a department, whether it be the police department, fire department, et cetera, are you continuing those services to the citizens or do some things have to be put on hold right now? Nothing's been put on hold except we may have a different approach for stopping a car, for example. The officer tries to maintain even more social distancing than a regular routine stop. And the fire department's still running medical calls, still running wrecks, still running fires, mm -hmm. still running structure issues. We had an issue uh, night before last, a car fire. So those issues routine continue yeah. to go on. We've developed with our county 911 center a code word that if we're dispatched with this particular word we know that it's a potential covid case mm -hmm. and we go to the highest level of ppe yeah. protection provided and then the paramedics end up usually doing the transport mm -hmm. to one of the local hospitals okay dr white good morning good to have you back good morning it's um it's good to be back and i i wish uh we didn't have to be here yeah we wish in the last you. week uh uh, a miracle would have occurred, and, and we're all uh, looking at brighter days ahead. But uh, um, as uh, Captain Ron says on the morning show, as he signs off, uh, another day, and uh, we're one day closer to being over. That's the truth. We are one day closer, but who knows when this will be over. But we're getting there day by day, whenever the last day may be anyway. Uh, right. So uh, let me share with everyone a little update um, <clears throat> on the virus. Uh, this will be a review for probably most listeners, uh, but just to review uh, this coronavirus. Uh, we've known about coronaviruses for many, many years. Uh, there are a number of coronaviruses. We've known that there are four that, uh, that humans uh, experience on a pretty frequent basis, and those four cause a common cold in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the fifth, and it's called a novel coronavirus because it was new and different. Um, it's uh, referred to as um, COVID-19 as the illness, the 19 simply meaning that it was recognized in the year 2019. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. we've had 18 similar pandemics in the past. The coronaviruses we've seen in the past have been, you know, again, fairly um, uh, tolerable, common colds. Uh, we know that uh, uh, we're understanding more now when we look back that uh, there's a coronavirus that infects uh, humans and chickens, and it causes mostly respiratory symptoms and that's what we think of with this virus mm -hmm. this virus is not an influenza virus but it makes us feel like influenza only mm. a lot worse mm. uh, coronaviruses can also infect uh, pigs and uh, cows and in them it causes more of a gastrointestinal illness so uh, vomiting or diarrhea so it's not surprising now that we're starting to see and as we see more and more cases that it's not just a respiratory, like with some of the other uh, um, hosts that get infected, we're starting to see more people with GI symptoms. So we don't want to be fooled if you don't have the classic cough and yeah, don't ask a question. runny nose. Um, it still could be corona. No, it's all for the day. Um, mm -hmm. So um, tomorrow. things uh, still the same as uh, Jeff mentioned. This is different from the other coronaviruses because it's 
it's highly contagious it 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 uses these little sharp points on its cell surface to puncture a hole in human cells injects its genetic material in our human cells and then it hijacks our dna uh, it hijacks our dna so it can make more and more and more copies of itself mm -hmm. And that's what viruses don't have a lot of purpose. Their main purpose in life is just make more of themselves. Mm -hmm. And this one's really good at making more of itself. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, so that's all background. We've we've known all we've known this, and that's just sort of refresher. Um, something that is a little new. We talked about this on the very first uh, show we did, and that's where this virus come from. At that time, I think uh, most experts felt pretty clearly this came from a uh, perhaps a wet market in uh, in Wuhan China there have there has been speculation that perhaps this is a virus that somehow escaped from a laboratory in China mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that is being seriously discussed mm -hmm. I think the point I want to make about that is it could be either it could be something else what we need to do politics aside is ultimately learn where this virus came from because that will help us prevent a similar pandemic. Mm -hmm. A word of optimism, if it did come from a laboratory, there might be some uh, a silver lining in that cloud because that could mean that folks, some folks have been working with this virus previously, which may be why we got a genetic code pretty quickly mm -hmm. and why we may get additional help in coming up with a vaccine. Mm -hmm. So again, politics aside, uh, if this came from a laboratory, there may be some advantages to that. Mm -hmm. Although that would, of course, in hindsight, would have been a horrible tragedy if that's what happened. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, what about treatment? Mm -hmm. Nothing much new. Uh, it seems that hydroxychloroquine, which was uh, being used, uh, and there was a lot of hope about it, is being used a little less. Uh, another drug, uh, remdesivir, uh, is being used more. It's a drug that was developed for the Ebola virus. Uh, it seems to have uh, uh, efficacy for this virus uh, and is being used by even our local hospital systems now. I will uh, Caution uh, listeners, though, that this drug's never been approved for any other virus in this country. Mm -hmm. So this is brand new. We mm -hmm. don't have 20 years of experience using uh, remdesivir. So it's brand new. It's never been used for any other condition. Uh, testing is still an issue. Uh, not enough tests. Slow turnaround. Uh, our hospital systems... Uh, are doing a great job with testing and getting faster turnaround. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it's still a challenge, and it's still recommended that not just everyone who's curious should go and try to get a test. Uh, vaccines, no real news. Um, I saw the other day that um, there is some work being done with the old polio vaccine mm. with a hope that maybe there's some cross-protection with polio, no word on that yet. And then lastly, what to do? Do we do anything different? Uh, there's no real changes. Uh, uh, the recommendations are still to practice uh, 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 personal or social distancing, to follow the guidelines of uh, governors in particular states. We might wanna talk a little bit about some of those um, guidelines and opening up cities and the beaches again politics aside but we may want to talk a little bit about that uh, because from the science point of view there's a couple of points that i would like to make about that uh, but otherwise not a lot new um, mask in public are advisable hand washing hand washing hand washing mm -hmm. um, and 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 before I turn it over to questions or back to you guys, uh, I, I'm going to issue a little challenge today. I know we're all sick and tired of learning all these new terms 
three months ago, we did not, we social distancing, mm. um, uh, you know, all these terms. Flattening that, the curve or whatever. Flattening the curve, yeah. all these terms that we never, we mm-hmm. wished we never had to learn. But mm-hmm. there's one, if someone would call in today and identify uh, for us what a fomite is, F-O-M-I-T-E, what a fomite, I will make sure they get a uh, brand new mask um, as a as a as an award for knowing what a fomite is and fomite. calling in during the show. Well, that is certainly a new word to me there, fomite. All right. I want to remind our folks uh, listening in on the radio, you can also view on uh, Facebook uh, the uh, live uh, show today, uh, complete with cameras and everything here in the studio. So uh, we'll be here till 1130 taking your calls or comments. You can call the radio station number 704-435-2844, 704-435-2844, or any of the other local numbers if you like and ask a question to uh, uh, Jeff Cash or Dr. White. And uh, you can also text if you're somewhere you can't call, uh, but you want to text a question. Uh, the number to send your text to is 704-473-2794. 704-473-2794. Let's see, we might have a caller coming in here. Uh, did, you, did you call with a question for the panel? Yes, sir. Okay, go right ahead. Yes, sir. Um, we want to know where is a good place to find the mass. There are scarish here in Lincoln. Okay. Where is a good place to find a mask? And uh, because you haven't been able to find one uh, yet. Right. Is it? They're hard to find. And so uh, we need to know, you know, where's a good place? Is there like a particular drugstore or where we need to go to? And like the hand sanitizers and things like that. And also would like to tell Mr. Cash, thank you. I heard. I was the one to ask the question the other day, and I appreciate his help. Okay. Yeah, I think finding a mask, about like finding some of the other things that are uh, being uh hoarded up right now uh, and Jeff. Uh, most of the supplies at the federal and state level have been trying to go to hospitals caregivers labs police and fire ems so that's part of the shortage problem and there's you know simply demand is killing us but there's also you can go on the uh, internet and query on google or yahoo one of the uh, servers there that let you allow to do searches and you can make your own mask um, there are specific instructions and the mask are maybe not 100 percent effective but some type of mask is better than nothing and dr white may want to elaborate but we'll begin to see more and more supplies come down the pipeline for example right now we only have 20 full sets of ppe at the fire department we're anticipating any day this week to get another round of N95 masks, gowns, and face. But uh, even for emergency services, it's scarce right now. I recommend just keep looking and do that search engine and going on. You can make your own mask. I actually, when we run calls, I don't wear a mask. I wear a bandana, a doubled bandana. Mm-hmm. I look like I'm holding the people up like <laughs> a robber. But I wear a double layered bandana when i run calls okay yeah i've 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 talked to people that said uh, they didn't uh, wear the mask either but they uh, do wear a bandana sometimes um dr white would you care to add anything to that question excellent answer i would uh, i would add that uh, there are two uh, there are two kind there are a lot of different kinds of masks but basically think of mask in, in two categories a mask that protects you against the virus and a mask that protects others against the virus. So when you see the mask on television, the hospitals, uh, emergency workers, they're typically using, if they have them, what's called an N95 mask. Uh, Those are actually designed to be fitted personally. They're very tight. They're very uncomfortable. It's amazing to me that uh, mm-hmm. these in- intensive care workers can wear them for 12 hours without taking a break. Those are ones that protect the person wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. They do not allow entry of the virus uh, into, the, into the mouth. And they remind uh, that person also, don't touch your face. 
The other mask, though, is, as Jeff said, it can be a bandana. It can be a mask that you uh, make at home. Uh, the Surgeon General did a nice video showing how we can make a mask out of, uh, uh, out of cloth at home. Others have done it. YouTube is filled with illustrations of that. Uh, and those masks, those bandana homemade masks, are really for, for a person to wear in case they are infected, it might reduce them spreading the virus to other people. So think of mask in terms of uh, medical grade and then personal grade, and they're really two different purposes. Mm -hmm. I have learned in the past week, and, and I only know two, but uh, I've had experience in contact with two individuals uh, uh, locally who are working virtually day and night making masks. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a number of people out there who are incredibly dedicated to this, and they're making masks for medical facilities, for emergency workers, for fellow citizens. Uh, so keep your ears open. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost can guarantee you'll stumble upon somebody who is a seamstress, who's been doing something like this, and now they've dedicated themselves to doing this really for the public good. So those kind of masks, I think, are going to be much more available, and they're becoming available. question I wondered about myself is uh, the masks are so hard to find. And say you've only got one mask, how can you, is it safe to reuse that mask every time you go out? Is there a way to sanitize it or, you know... Uh, uh, somebody told me uh, something, and I know most of them have a little metal strip on them, but you could put it in a microwave. Is that effective? What, how, would you, uh, how would you go about cleaning your mask so you can wear it repeatedly? Typically, in the emergency service, we use everything disposable, so we throw it away. But for home use, then Dr. White might elaborate, you might could get a couple uses out of the mask. But the microwave situation as fire chief makes me a little bit yeah, nervous. Yeah, I would think it might so, catch on fire. Uh, I'd defer to Dr. White on utilization of that yeah, mask it's, it's a great question and unfortunately i don't think we have a lot of science yet mm -hmm. to guide us uh, folks are doing all sorts of things hospitals are recycling masks using some sophisticated uh, uh, techniques mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have in our kitchen at home mm -hmm. my advice would be if you can get several masks mm -hmm. alternate them we know this virus can't live forever on cloth mm -hmm. uh, what maybe, is this slash band on? on cloth? What on cloth? No. Maybe an hour or two. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Doesn't hang around cloth long. So if you mm -hmm. alternate your mask from day to day. Um, well, I, I keep mine in my vehicle, and if it's sitting in the sun and gets real hot in the vehicle, would that have an effect on it? Probably help. Yeah. yeah. I know people are spraying their mask after wearing them out in public with Lysol, mm -hmm. and then letting them air dry and sit. There's there's a lot of uh, methods being used. We don't okay. have we don't have a standard way yeah. of making yeah. masks safe again. We're, we're still we're still learning on that. Yep. All right, we, we're getting some calls and uh, a lot of text questions as well. Oh, I had somebody was standing by. I'm sorry we didn't get to you. Call us back. We'd love to hear from you. Seven zero four four three five two eight four four. Let's look at the texts that are coming in. Somebody has uh, sent one here about your question. Um, let's fomite objects. Wait a minute. Let me see if I make sure I'm getting the whole thing. Um, it's hard to read my text on my outdated cell phone here. Okay. Fomite objects or materials that's, that carry infections like Clothes, doorknob, etc. I don't need a mask. Give to someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> exactly. So that's what a fomite is. A fomite is a inanimate object, a mm. doorknob, a surface, a glass tabletop oh, okay. that a virus or other germ can live on and be transmitted from. Oh. So a fomite sounds like it's a critter. It sounds like it's a little critter that runs around in the woods. But a fomite is yeah. a surface. That so, makes sense. Okay. So whoever did that, if they'll call uh, uh, 704 435 1100 and let me know who they are, 
Uh, we'll do that on the honor system. I'll make sure they get a new mask. All right. And uh, let's see here. Um, Cherryville Distri- Distribution Center has alcohol-based hand sanitizer for the public. Okay. Uh, that person also sent a Wikipedia something about fomite there just a at just a web address let's see what else is coming in here uh this is kind of a long question i'll do my best question for both of you gentlemen when would you be comfortable sending yourself or family to a very crowded stadium concert or crowded classroom and hallways etc can you see this happening in 2020 or later? And what precautions would would or could you see that may be needed to go back to large gatherings? I'll take that first, then Dr. Okay. Watt can jump in. And I think that discussion is beginning to ramp up about opening up North Carolina and other states. Uh, the governor's committee and team is working on it. We hope to be in part of a conference call Thursday or Friday about that we're actually having a reopening uh, department head meeting thursday when we get the word from the scientists and from the doctors that it's safe to begin to open up i think we will begin to do that process in stages or in phases naturally common sense will tell you new york's probably going to take a little longer than gaston county Uh, some of the hot spots are going to are going to be required to ease into this uh, reopening a little bit uh, slower but where you don't see many cases and definitely the, the flattening of the curve and uh, both of you gentlemen love baseball. I thought that was some type of baseball terminology, mm-hmm. flattening the curve. Yeah. But, uh, Trouble with the curve is a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With Clint Eastwood. But uh, there are discussions about reopening and I definitely think it'll be staged and I think life will be different. I think you go to a restaurant, there'll be that social distancing. I think last week or the week before we talked about maybe paper disposable products and even menus and aprons for the wait staff. Um, airline changes, maybe not sitting in that middle seat and do some spacing. Uh, these things will be phased in. I did read where some of the beaches along our coast are opening, but with a lot of restrictions about social distancing. So we are going to reopen. That day's coming, mm-hmm. but it's got to be planned out very well. Uh, my understanding is the president has made that authority to each governor of our 50 states, and the governors are depending on their COVID committees to help them make that decision, which those committees commit, consist mostly of emergency management folks, but more or less uh, educated people in the field of medicine and science as it relates to this virus, because those are the individuals we need to be listening to. The politics side of it is always going to be there. And we know the economic side of it is just as critical, but uh, economically it's not killing individuals, uh, Mm -hmm. but virus-wise it's still killing individuals. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my position on the opening of North Carolina, Gaston County, and Cherville. That's an excellent answer. And this uh, uh, obviously uh, can lead to a lot of very heated debates right now of what to do and when to do it. Uh, my perspective is that, as Jeff said, that, that we will be transitioning from a stay-at-home policy to a uh, some sort of returning to work, returning businesses, opening the public back up. And I think they'll, it'll be in phases. I think there'll be a first phase, which is uh, that, that maintains this concept of social distancing, Uh, tables in restaurants being further apart, uh, people standing in grocery lines with distance between them. There's already a good bit of that. But the next phase will be uh, less social distancing. So it might be a concert or a ball game, and people are are, are seated further apart. Mm -hmm. It may be that uh, only half the people will get their season tickets to a... uh, a large crowd ball game in October because mm-hmm. people will have to be spaced further apart. I think, meanwhile, we hope that vaccines and better treatments will be emerging. So I think this is going to be a gradual process. 
this is not from the governor. This is not from uh, an expert. This is from me. I think we will reintroduce younger, healthy people into the workplace, into social gatherings first, and then older folks and folks who have chronic diseases will be introduced back into that slowly. Mm-hmm. So you, you may have a um, uh, you may have a concert of um, uh, a lot of young people attending, mm-hmm. healthy young people attending, still maintaining spacing, but you may not see older or sicker people attending until we get vaccine that can begin to protect people or until we can test people to see they're immune or again we have better treatment something along that line of uh, certain certain individuals uh, more susceptible than others something that i just heard of uh sunday and just looked up uh little bit on the internet and you you don't know what you can believe and what you can't sometimes but uh i have heard uh, of persons with o positive blood only about seven percent of the covid19 cases involve people with o positive blood they in other words they are they're not totally immune but they are less susceptible have you have you guys any comment on that yeah, that, that was reported uh, early on from some of the experience in China, uh-huh, okay. uh, South Korea. Um, I haven't seen much uh, about it since. Uh, I'd be surprised if that turned out to be a, as strong a protection as first reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people may remember 10 or 12 years ago, there was a book written that basically said, if you know your blood type, you'll know what to eat and you'll know how to lose weight. It was all about blood type, <laughs> that O's had to eat this way and A's had to eat that way. And that never panned out. Mm. So uh, uh, it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd be careful to grasp onto something that, that on the surface seems that simple. Yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah, still, co- still under investigation. Right. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when we first heard of this malaria drug, oh, this is it, this malaria drug. This Now we're finding out that's... As you, as you reported earlier in the program, that's not being uh, looked at as seriously as other things are now. So don't think if you have O-positive blood that this is it, uh, that you're, that you're <laughs> immune. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question, I believe. You, you have a question for um, Jeff Cash or Dr. White? Caller, are you there? Caller has disappeared. Okay. I do have a question via text. And if you'd like to text a question, 704-482-1390. That's not right. That's the, that's the station number. I'm doing two things at one time. Uh, 704-473-2794 to text. 704-473-2794. And I'll give you the call-in number again in a minute. For Dr. White. Antibody testing, when and where in Lincoln, Iredale, or Gaston County? Uh, Antibody testing, much needed. Just as background, this would be a way that we can test the blood to see if someone has had a a previous infection with uh, COVID-19 and also whether they have had a recent infection. So there's a IgG test and there's an IgM test. And those are becoming more available. Uh, lots of laboratories. I think you'll see those available in uh, physician offices. They're already being done in hospitals. I'd still, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks before they're uh, uh, widely available. Uh, one of the problems so far is they're being made by a huge number of of entities mm-hmm. uh, some have already been tested and they've proven to be useless they've proven to be unreliable so a unreliable test is worse than no test at all mm-hmm. I think we have to be very cautious I would look to make sure that it's FDA approved I'd look to make sure there's been some use I would trust your hospital system I would trust your public health department I would trust your your, your personal physician. Uh, we're going to have them. Uh, uh, they're going to be here. They're going to be very useful, but we just need to make sure they're accurate. Mm-hmm. Somebody sends a 
a comment or question, and it reads, testing free, question mark, or costly, question mark. Um, so is testing uh, free, is it costly? Uh, free, unclear to me, there have been, uh, there have been uh, recommendations uh, that insurance, third-party insurance companies not charge copays if you have visits to doctor's office or hospitals that are because of COVID-19 related illnesses. Uh, not sure uh, about testing. Is it going to be free uh, to the patient? Is it going to be covered by insurance across the board? I just got a fax this weekend from a, a very reputable lab company that is going to be offering this to individuals without insurance for $70. Mm -hmm. So that's probably a pretty good ballpark to think about. But how it's going to be paid for and covered in the insurance world, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Another text question. Why is obesity a factor in those that get the virus and affected to a greater degree? Uh, very, very good question. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody's been paying close attention mm -hmm. to the uh, statistics and the news. Uh, we don't know all the reasons, but probably the fundamental uh, reason is that with obesity, there is greater difficulty in moving the, the diaphragm up and down and being able to expand the lungs. Uh, and that's been the observation so far. Uh, so in the intensive care units, uh, you know, we were hearing a lot more about ventilators a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. We're hearing a little less about ventilators. Part of that is intensive care specialists are learning that simply positioning patients uh, instead of on their back to their stomach, there are things they're doing that actually will enhance the movement up and down of the diaphragm to help the breathing difficulties. Mm -hmm. uh, so number one is... Uh, obesity is, uh, it causes mechanical problems. Mm -hmm. It interferes with the lungs being able to move up and down. But as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, always think about with any condition is, again, the company that it keeps. So mm -hmm. obesity often keeps the company of diabetes, of high blood pressure, of heart disease. So it's, it's not always just the obesity. It's the things that are related to it. Okay. All right. And one more question from the text. Uh, are there data on the possibility of uh, statins prov providing protection from the virus? Jeff, you want to take that one? No, even though I'm a regular user of statins, I'll mm -hmm. defer to Dr. White on that one. Okay. So statin drugs are uh, the most commonly used drug in the world for the reduction of cholesterol. Uh, now, they reduce cholesterol. They also reduce what we call inflammation in the lining of our arteries. So inflammation, think of that as, uh, as heat or fire in the lining of our arteries and the statins calm that down. So you're less likely to get a blood clot in one of those arteries of your heart. So statins work twofold. They lower cholesterol, but they also reduce inflammation. So there's been great deal of investigation on the role of inflammation in this COVID-19. Uh, what we do know is that if you have heart disease and you were to uh, become sick with uh, coronavirus, you want to protect your heart in every possible way. So being on a statin drug prior to you getting sick and when you get sick, I think is likely to have benefits. Uh, uh, so no real, no real data yet on starting a statin drug if you're in the intensive care unit with this. I think the most important point is if you are on a drug like that, it's been recommended, you should stay on it uh, mm -hmm. because you certainly want to protect your heart. Okay. Let's see if this caller uh, has a question. Hello there. 
Nope, I guess not. <laughs> well, we'll get some more questions in here if you'd like to call uh, 704-435-2844, 704-435-2844, or you can text your question if you can't call 704-473-2794. Uh, I've got a, um, want to share something. I'd like Jeff's uh, take on this. There's a lot of discussion now when we're talking about opening up the economy. We talked about that a few minutes ago, where we're looking at certain areas, like, for instance, it was in the news a lot past 24 hours about Jacksonville, Florida. There have been relatively few cases. If you look uh, in South Florida, the Miami area, a lot of cases. And so that has led to the conclusion, well, if there's not a lot of cases, Maybe we should open up the beaches in Jacksonville because it looks like the virus is not very prevalent there. Uh, on one hand, that looks pretty logical. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, uh, it may be that we don't have a lot of cases in Jacksonville. Maybe it's because we have less retirees there. Maybe mm -hmm. we have less uh, individuals of color in Jacksonville who are much more prone to serious problems with this virus. Uh, but it might be that Jacksonville has fewer cases because they've been practicing a little better social distancing, maybe because of their, the way their houses and their apartments, and, uh, and, and maybe it's because there's less in-and-out traffic from other countries in Jacksonville compared to Miami. Uh, so that worries me a little bit of using uh, observations of, like, where is the virus not very common? and saying, well, that's a safe place they can open up. Mm -hmm. My worry is that we will turn a safe-looking place into a, uh, a hot spot really quickly. Uh, Jeff, you got uh, thoughts on that from I, uh, management? I agree, I agree totally. that, uh, And if you open up an area, we use Jacksonville, and then people are so accustomed now to being in the house, and they have cabin fever uh, if there's a beach open uh, they're going to go to it so then mm -hmm. it could flip the numbers to where Jacksonville becomes a hot spot overnight simply because there's people feel safe there they're not maybe exercising the social distancing that's required but it still could create a problem mm -hmm. you know we, we as you look back over the past couple of weeks you look in the news and every couple of days you'll see a story about a, a country that's just doing incredibly well with this. How are they doing so well? First, it was uh, Sweden. Sweden decided not to do any of this social distancing, just basically use common sense, and they did not put in the restrictions we did. And everybody said, wow, look how great Sweden's doing. Well, within a matter of days, Sweden started doing terribly. Mm -hmm. uh, the next country last week was Singapore. Singapore is doing great. They have very few cases. They have very few deaths. Wow, they figured this out, and then within a matter of 72 hours, the cases and deaths in Singapore started mounting. So I think it just shows where we are on this learning curve. Mm -hmm. Just when we think somebody maybe has this figured out, they probably don't. Yeah. This virus is, uh, uh, is pretty powerful and uh, pretty smart, and uh, I would not... Uh, I would not want to form any premature conclusions about what country or what city, for that matter, mm -hmm. has it figured out. So let's just copy everything they're doing. Is, is this virus in any way mutating or trying to stay one step ahead of the doctors and scientists? Is, does it seem like, is that taking place? Uh, that question has been asked a lot and thus far there's not been any evidence. Mm -hmm. What has been a little bit of a worry are reports of people who were infected, tested positive, then tested negative, and then were tested positive again, mm -hmm. which makes you think that, that maybe they didn't have immunity. Mm -hmm. uh, does that mean the virus changed, so mm -hmm. now the person is susceptible to it again? I don't think we've done nearly enough genetic testing mm -hmm. uh, to determine that it's changing its uh, mm -hmm. genetic code. Okay. What we do know from the 1918 Spanish flu, which again was a, uh, was a flu virus, not a coronavirus, 
but it ultimately faded away almost suddenly because it mutated and just faded out of society. Uh, so obviously we hope that that will happen with this one. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, I'll come back to something along that line in a moment, but let's take uh, this text question. It's a follow-up to a previous question and to an answer you gave. Um but they're still on the subject of getting in groups. What if a group of younger, healthy people gather in a large group, like a concert, sporting event, or schools in months to come, and then go back? Whoops. <laughs> Got a text right in the middle of reading that one, so I have to go back where I was. Uh, oh, my goodness. I was afraid that would happen. Uh, okay. A group of what if a group of younger, healthy people gather in a large group like a concert, sporting event, or schools in months to come, and then go back as a carrier, not knowing they have virus um, to their families who have older people, uh, such as grandparents? Would that not be a concern? Yes, I think it would, and and that's why we're we don't want to be premature in opening up. We want to listen to the docs and to the scientists. We got to have that data to make good decisions. Everybody's concerned about the economy. We all are, but not at the risk of making people sick again, or sicker, or more deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of the way America has stepped up. Even North Carolina, Gaston County. Everybody's doing their part. But I heard Vice President Pence say in one of his speeches is that we must remain patient and vigil because we're only in the top of the third for you baseball fans. This is the top of the third. Mm-hmm. we got a long way to go, and we need to be patient and learn ways uh, while you're at home. Uh, the weekends are tough mm-hmm. uh, because you've got to be there. You can't go nowhere, no restaurants, no movies, no ball games, no NASCAR events. It's killing me. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got to find other ways to occupy. Uh, we got out our bicycles and rode. We've played some golf. So there's some other things you can do for entertainment, and I think mental health-wise, that's critical. Mm-hmm. I just hope we can get 10 runs ahead and call it after five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. Do Oh, did you have a Yeah, point? I'm just going to add, uh, that's, uh, uh, the caller has a very, very uh, good observation. I, I think what I would like to remind people of is what's the answer to this question? Why is it that we're not having big social gatherings and concerts and football games? It's not so that none of us will contract this virus. Most of us ultimately will. If not now, in the winter, next year, this virus will probably come and go. The goal is not to totally avoid getting an infection with this virus because 80 to 90% of us who get infected with this virus are going to do fine. It's going to be a very mild illness like those common colds that that, uh, the other coronaviruses do. There's two reasons that we, we need to think about putting even young, healthy people in crowds. And the caller has identified one, and that is uh, it's not the young people, although there are some, and we can talk about why in a minute, but it's mostly to prevent the spread of this virus to those over the age of 65 and those who have chronic medical conditions. By and large, and I don't mean this in a flippant or superficial way, most young people who get this, most healthy people, are going to be fine. The older you are, the less likely you're going to do well. So the reason for the concert ban and all this up to now has been to protect the vulnerable in our society. Uh, the Surgeon General, I thought, uh, did a good job the other day when he said, uh, do this for your pop-pop. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do this for... Uh, do this for your father. Do this for your Mimi. Do this for that person in your life that if they got sick with this, they may not do well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to reiterate that mm-hmm. message. The other part of this is that if we just open things up uh, uh, in whatever fashion and the virus then is spread to these vulnerable individuals and they get really sick, We've got to make sure that our healthcare systems and hospitals are equipped to handle them. 
The governor of Georgia said yesterday, we're opening up some because we are ready, our hospitals are ready. I think that's a, an incredibly important calculation that every state has to make. Uh, we don't want to be caught like New York, where they weren't ready, they couldn't be ready, they didn't have enough hospital uh, uh, equipment and, and so forth. Uh, so that's, a, that's the other part. Protect the vulnerable and also make it such that our hospital systems can treat the vulnerable when they do get sick. Okay. Uh, another text question. Do five to seven-year-olds get it, the, the virus? Do five to seven-year-olds get uh, coronavirus? Absolutely. Um, uh, but virtually none of them get real sick and very, very few die. So there's something you'll see on television. It's called the case fatality rate. It means out of 100 people, uh, if 100 people got this virus, how many would die? If you're talking about a five-year-old like my grandson, that's down in the 0.1% range. If you're talking about um, his grandfather, uh, you're talking about somewhere in the 10 to 15% case fatality rate. If you're talking about an 85-year-old, that case fatality rate jumps up to 20. So 0.1 on the low end, 20 on the high end. Big, big difference, very much age-related. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something uh, when I got up this morning to uh, get ready to come into work, one of the first things I heard on the news uh, was a change in, uh, I guess, thought or theory of uh, uh, if you've been to the grocery store or, or you know, convenience store, where, of wiping everything down when you come home. I heard that there is a change in thought on that process where they were saying to do that now don't do that have you guys heard that today or anytime recently i haven't heard any updates regarding the last thing i know and read was that you could wipe down or set aside for several hours those packages that mail delivery until mm-hmm. the, the virus would have time to die that two hour four hour window okay All right. i think part of where that is coming from is that uh, you know, we, we've talked a great deal about uh, surfaces and uh, being very careful. Uh, we talked, we, we've talked about fomites uh, today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did hear one of our leading scientists say the other day that, that even though we don't know how a lot of people originally contracted coronavirus, because they'll say, well, I wasn't around anybody. I wasn't around anybody sick. I don't. Uh, we've still not, according to this scientist, identified anyone who uh, contracted this virus, got sick, uh, seriously sick, and died uh, from a fomite source. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would not share that to tell people, quit worrying about your surfaces, quit worrying about packages, quit worrying about um, clothing and, and grocery bags. But that may not be nearly as big a concern uh, as the, again, the human-to-human interaction, and also remembering that there is no, there is no six-foot guarantee. Mm-hmm. It does not mean if you're eight feet apart, you're guaranteed not to contract the virus from another person, and that's probably where a lot of these cases, where someone says, "I don't know how I got this," it was probably more likely that they got it from somebody 12 feet across the room than it is from a surface that they touched and then touched their face. Okay. All right, another question by text. Does vitamin C help to not get the virus? Uh, Does vitamin C help to not get the virus? Mm -hmm. Um, I know people get tired of hearing every night on the network news, and, and you're getting tired of hearing me say it, we don't know yet. Uh, individuals have taken vitamin C uh, for many years as an antioxidant mm-hmm. uh, uh, and as an antiviral agent, maybe to reduce the common cold. Uh, what I can say is that, that all the, the majority of the studies that have looked at that, uh, 
uh, and multivitamins uh, where they've used the real vitamin C and a fake placebo have not shown it to be beneficial. Mm. Uh, uh, don't know of any downside, don't know of any risk, don't know of anything that would pose a danger, uh, uh, but I don't think we have any, any proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, be careful what people claim sort of anecdotally. What they claim is, well, it's worked for me. I don't ever get a cold, so it must be working. It may not be the vitamin C that's protecting them. It could be something else. Okay. All right. Uh, just a few minutes to go here and a lot more questions we could uh, we could talk about, uh, subjects we could talk about uh, in this uh, in this setting. But uh, do uh, you guys want to uh, give any follow-up, uh, wrap-up comments or uh uh, information and I failed to ask you before we started. Are we are we going to be back next week? It's up to Doctor White. Doctor White is saying yes. And okay. I'll <laughs> answer uh, that question of departing comment for this week is that I'm so proud of America, uh, North Carolina, Gaston County, uh, as an example. And I can't say the name right now, but a very large North Carolina corporation is going to be donating donating thirty thousand. N95 masks to local responders and hospitals. It'll probably be announced the first of next week. Would we have loved to have those two weeks earlier? Yes, but we will still need those N95 masks. And corporations like this corporation across North Carolina have stepped up to plate to take care of each other. And that's something I'm so very proud of our country. Okay. Uh, and, and I would echo that, Jeff. Um, well said. Uh, my parting comments today would be, uh, one day, as you said, this will be over, mm-hmm. at least over in such a big way that it is now. Um, and that'll be wonderful. What I hope comes out of that are two things. One is that we don't quickly forget about this pandemic. There will be more pandemics in the future. We need to be prepared. I obviously think we will be uh, on a local, state, and federal level like we never have been. Uh, the other parting thought I have is that there are a number of other pandemics. Uh, we've mentioned them today. Diabetes, obesity, heart disease, cancer. Uh, I hope that when this is over, we can also apply some of the same energy and commitment and money uh, to those pandemics, which take far more lives than this COVID-19 appears will. So I don't think, I I want us to learn our lessons and I would like to see our efforts to uh, protect each other and everyone have a long, healthy, productive life, not stop when this virus goes away. Gentlemen, uh, a lot of folks are texting. Thank you. Thank you all for your uh, information and uh, to those listeners, you're quite welcome and we look forward to uh, Uh, being back with you uh, next time okay all right next week same time uh uh, dr thomas white from cherryville and city manager fire chief and member emergency management from gaston county jeff cash Uh, there were more questions than we could answer in an hour but we'll try and maybe get some of those if they're still relevant next week some things we might ask this week might not be relevant next week this thing changes Uh, information changes but we thank you guys very much thank you all right thanks to all the listeners who called or sent text in we appreciate uh your uh questions and your concerns and hope we uh, were helpful today we'll see you next time tomorrow at 10 o'clock special uh elder law report with greg mcintyre